look who's coming up. And look who's coming up. It is just after 5.21 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, of course, uh, the Monday Nighter tonight has the 49ers and the Rams. Uh, we told you about some uh, bets for tonight. We'll drop back into those a little bit later on. But it is time now to uh, bring in our Monday staple. He joins us every Monday to recap what happened on the weekend. Uh, Mr. Jamie Thomas from Jets Radio. How are you, my man? Uh, good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm I. Josh Jacobs uh, got uh, off the schneid over the weekend. I had a massive comeback in our fantasy football league. Like, dude, I was down 19 going into that Sunday mm-hmm. night game in a touchdown only league with two guys, and they both got two touchdowns. So, and it was over by halftime. So my night was perfect. Yeah, you can sit back and relax at that point. I I uh, one of my half PPR leagues I finally won and then in our league I won too as yeah, well so because of uh Mike 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 Evans got me a touch no no sorry Mike Evans is another league never mind it's somebody somebody Mike got me Evans a touchdown got last me night two that touchdowns time. that's Mike right I was stealing touchdowns. well was he on your roster was he on my roster is a question you have to ask yourself well it's, it's two question. different leagues so it's uh, both <laughs> rosters right like that's we're, we're yes sharing. that's right no yes. well I, I could have taken Mike Evans off your roster and put him on my roster because <laughs> I have Commissioner Powers <laughs> you, so you could have yeah you may have had a but anyways congratulations on a big win as a defending champion it's very difficult to repeat in fantasy football so I wish you all the best yeah and we it, can't have Cliff Harris is. being the only guy in our league to repeat can't no. have that it's not fair. It's no. not fair to anybody, no. uh, mostly no. probably people in Cliff's family who will have to listen to <laughs> Cliff uh, talk about all that stuff. Um, okay, so let's talk about three things that you learned in the NFL, and I had a little fun with it. Uh, the <laughs> dude loves the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, usually the dude yeah. in the Big Lebowski hates the Eagles, but you love the Eagles as the dude. I do, and uh, on Andy's fantasy show yesterday, I sent put a, fo- a shot of uh, the weather at uh, Lincoln Field <laughs> in Philadelphia, and it, it was not good. So, I mean, I, I know the field was covered for the most part, but uh, and it, it looked pretty good uh, when you when you watch the game. But for them to fall behind by fourteen uh, and then come back, you know, they didn't score to the second quarter. You're wondering maybe are they going to lose this Jacksonville team? That's kind of the upstarts, and uh, Jalen Hurts now up to four rushing touchdowns in the year. Jags were the number one rushing defense in the NFL. I know it was only after three weeks, but still, it's something. Philadelphia put up 210 yards on them on the ground, and the Jags only had one turnover heading into Week Four against Philadelphia, and Philadelphia forced five turnovers. So, and two of those were wow. fumbles by Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean. I know it's four weeks, but the fact that you fall behind by 14 on your home turf, fight back, and win a big game against uh, Jacksonville, who I think has uh, some respect for a lot of people across the league right now. It, it's a big win. They're 4-0, and uh, some, something to watch. Because Phil- Philadelphia is not boring by any stretch of the imagination. They, If they want to run the football, they'll run the football. And uh, they have a pretty damn good defense as well. Because I had acquired Trevor Lawrence before the game, like right before the game. And I'm like, I'm not starting him against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. And turns out that was the right choice to do. Yeah, um, also, Carolina Panthers. We, I, it's not like we, there's always this hot shot 
you know, a new coach coming in from college football. And it just, for some, whatever reason, buddy, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's not working in Carolina. And I, I feel for Baker Mayfield because of what happened to him and how he's treated in Cleveland. And, you know, everybody loved him for about a week and Browns fans and stuff like that. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson comes on the shiny new toy and you forget about the guy. But he, and, you know, I thought he would be able to succeed a little bit in Carolina because Christian McCaffrey's there. You have a decent, you know, running game, but Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy to save his life. And look at this. Panthers have now lost their last 24 games when the opponent scores 17 or more points. Wow. So that's not, that's like, that's not even that much. No. So it's just that. So, and they're one in 26 in games like that under Matt rule. So it's just, I don't know, man. Like I just, you, you, people wonder why coaches get recycled in professional sports just because it's hard to coach professional athletes. It's just hard to put it together. It is so much more different than junior hockey or college football. It's just, I don't think enough people realize that. And in the Canadian football league, I, I tell people all the time, there's not many people that understand the Canadian game, even Amer especially American coaches. So it's, that's why we see the same coaches going in, in and around the Canadian football league. It's just, and if, if you want to win, you kind of have to tie, if you're a general manager, you have to tie your future onto these guys that are unknown in certain situations. But I mean, it, it, it looks like Matt rule will be the first head coach fired to the national football league, which is no surprise. And then Kenny Pickett. It's, it's time, man. And, it, and I, I saw a very interesting tweet, and it was pointed out that Pittsburgh had 10 days to prepare Kenny Pickett to get ready for week number four because they played Thursday Night Football and they had 10 days. So I'm not under you – know, I've never questioned Mike Tomlin too often, but, but it's time to give up on Mitch Trubisky. Like it's, it's over. And you had this opportunity to prepare, to prepare – um, Kenny Pickett for this situation. I know he threw a few interceptions. Two of them I don't believe were his fault. And Clay, uh, Chase Claypool should be embarrassed with the effort he put <laughs> in another one. So it, it, it's, I mean, it's that 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 was everywhere. So it's not like that's not like that's news for for people. But come on. Uh, so Kenny Pickett time in Pittsburgh. I know it's easy for me to say, but when you're when you're starting quarterback as Mitch Trubisky, I, I just think it's it's time to move on now. And the division is kind of still sitting there. You know, you have an opportunity to possibly make the playoffs, so why not turn things over to the kid and see what he can do and his and his tiny hands. So we'll see how that works out from there. <laughs> I, I think a lot of divisions are still up for grabs. I mean, I think there's totally. a lot to still decide this year in the NFL. There's a few yeah. unbeaten teams or maybe even just yeah. one, but uh, it's really like, you know, you look at what Miami did early, you look at what the Giants are doing. I mean, there's some interesting storylines in the NFL that we sometimes don't see. I, I, and it's like there's 17 games, and I know it's like a short season. There's not that much time, but come on, like I, I the, the panic button. Like the, how about Buffalo? They're down by 20, and they come back on the road yeah. and win. So it's just it's it's just be patient here. And I know there's a lot of teams like even watching Miami lose, and that's another thing too. Like I'm I'm gonna get in my soapbox here, but Thursday night football, there's you should not be playing four days later. No. That's just one of the most it's it's so obvious that teams should be coming off their bye week and playing on Thursday night football, not the not the other way around. Playing Thursday night football and have ten days off. It's but easy for me to say. I know the you know Amazon paid a billion dollars a year to have their games there, so they'll whatever it is. But man, it, it's it's insane, and we won't even get into the Tua thing because I'm just gonna get mad um, every time I feel like my 
the dolphins have kind of mm-hmm. figured things out and all that stuff that, you know, there's all that's the, the, the owner trying to get the coach to lose games on purpose and how the Tom Brady situation, like it just, it, like you just want to, and I, the dolphins are not the only team that has let a player or we're not yeah. going to, I'm not going to accuse anybody of anything, but a situation like this where somebody's playing where they shouldn't be playing, especially four days later or five days later, it's, um, it's not good. It's yeah. just, it's a bad look. And I saw it out there. Like sometimes it's really hard to love the NFL when you see a guy laying on the ground, the way to a tongue was doing. And I mean, I, you're three and oh, why do you have to put him out there? That's another thing, too, is just you're off to a good start. It's not like you need that win. It's a mm-hmm. Thursday night game on the road. It just doesn't make any sense. But anyways, it's yeah. it's tough to see. And I, I, you and I both know, and anybody out there that has a, has a brain, uh, you're hoping for the best for Tua because just uh, I, you just don't like to see that, and you don't like to see people put in situations where they shouldn't be. And um, I, I hope that teams have learned and the league has learned a little bit from this situation. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's talk a little baseball now. Uh, playoffs yeah. start uh, later this week. It's going to be so fun. It's just such a magical yeah. time. This is yeah. These are two matchups. Why do you want to see these two matchups uh, this year? <laughs> because I think you want, first off, as a Dodgers fan, you want revenge on the Braves. Mm-hmm. But second of all, I think this, this Braves team is better than the one that won it all last year, which is absolutely terrifying if you're anybody in baseball right now. I just think the Dodgers are in a good place. I know they're banged up and they're, they're, you know, their pitching staff isn't what it, what it was, but why not see a rematch of this? Like, why wouldn't you crave this matchup? And it, yes, you could say you want Dodgers, Yankees in the World Series, sure. but I just think these little, these little matchups, but Yankees versus the Rays, the Yankees bats against the Rays pitching, it's just – just little things that you want to see again. And I believe the Dodgers and Braves are building a, a big rivalry here. And if you meet again in the playoffs, like why not build on something else? And uh, and if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I just think these are two, if they do happen and there's a long road to go here, I just think these would be glorious, Matt. Like just, I, I will watch every night that and during the day, obviously for this mm-hmm. to happen, but uh, Dodgers Braves, I think a little more realistic Yankees Rays. hard to say there's one step there. That would see the Rays. They just got to get past, I believe it's Cleveland, to get yeah. to uh, the Yankees at this point. So the the Dodgers-Braves is so interesting, obviously, because of Freddie yeah. Freeman, uh, because Alex Anthopoulos. Yes. Like, there's a lot of intertwined yeah. parts. And then, you know, the the Dodgers lose, and they, they take Freddie Freeman, and the Braves are right back in there saying, hey, you got to knock us off. So, I, I obviously, yeah. I like to see L.A.-New York because of the markets, but I wouldn't be disappointed in a World Series L.A.-Houston where the Dodgers could get some revenge there as well. Ooh, that is juicy. Like that, like, I mean... That is something we would like. I know the World Series ratings they claim are down every year. I, I just don't. I just don't know how you wouldn't watch that. That's I, yeah. we're so it's so busy. It's I just don't know how you don't watch the World Series. And I got everyone's like baseball's too slow. No, it's not. It's the World Series, man. And and it's October, and it's just. I, I realize football is going and stuff like that, but we got to stop. Baseball is still fa- amazing sport, and thank goodness they've made some changes to speed things up, and they got rid of the shift. And um, but there's there's so much drama in here, and you look down like even the Mets and Dodgers yeah. or the Padres get in there again. Like please, like any like St. Louis, like you got Albert Pujols still going here, and it, like just I please like this. This is like Seattle ends their, their drought in the playoffs or getting the blue Jays. Like there's just so many things here, Dino, that I, you, like any of these matchups, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm watching that for sure. 
So, I mean, to have both to have both New York teams in the playoffs, I'm sure MLB is just crying right now with that opportunity. Yeah, they would just like the other uh, LA team to somehow find their way into the playoffs yeah. at some point. But I love the sure the, the the Mets Padres matchup because both staffs have great pitching and it's a short series. I think Albert Pujols yeah. he might win a playoff MVP award the way he's like eleven of his twenty two home runs this year have come in the last forty one games. This guy is scorching into yeah. the postseason. So I think I like the National League matchups a little bit more, although that Seattle Toronto matchup is is intriguing. Intriguing, but uh, like you said, yeah. it's going to be fun. And just, it's so great that there's so many extra teams in there and so many extra fan bases that get to participate. Yeah, and it makes things like I know there's those crying and about the you know the pure the purest want last, and they would go back to the just the one the four teams. But no, this is great. The, there's so many. Oct- September was you're watching all the time because of the chase and the home runs and, and mm-hmm. you know, Aaron judge and Albert Pujols, but still you're, you have a whole bunch of fan bases believing their teams can get in and it's still going to be fun. So it's, as I know it's a money grab and then it, whatever it is, but it just makes things so much more interesting yeah. um, when there's more and there's just more opportunities for this type of thing to happen. So anything can happen. Any team's going to have a great chance at this, but it's uh, just the way they've set it up is, is pretty wise. All right, one uh, college football team that dropped the ball, and this is the story of the weak hurricane, to quote uh, Bob (laughs) Dylan's song. What's going on with Miami? You're you're a big Miami fan, too, are you not? I am. I am. Like, like of course, uh, everyone would say, oh, yeah, you just jumped on the – like, I was Jimmy Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, Huge fan. I loved the way the Hurricanes were so cocky and, you know, the – the comics versus the Catholic story when the Notre Dame and Miami had a huge, you know, rivalry there for a bit. So it, 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 it they are that team that everybody loved to hate, but if you were a hurricane fan, it was still, and that of course ties in that I'm a Dolphins fan. I had to have something like that, but now it seemed like they were on their way back. Mario Cristobal, they brought him back as the head coach, you know, he's great recruiters, brought some great players in, but they've just, they've just fallen off here, man. They were in the top 25 dropped out now. So it's, it's just disappointing, but you realize that, it takes a while to rebuild a program, and we've been hearing this for so long as Hurricane fans that this is going to be the year kind of thing. They're, just, they're not quite there yet. Um, we'll, we'll see how this goes. But, man, I'd really like to see the Hurricanes back up there with competing with the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. But uh, it will not be this year, my friend. No, no, it will not. Uh, okay, no, so no. in the NHL, uh, here are my three picks uh, for Calder candidates this year. And, yeah. and I, everybody has Owen Power. Um when everybody is picking the same guy for the rookie of the year, it makes me nervous. So that's why I'm going with okay. William Eklund. Would you put Cole Perfetti on this list? Do you think Cole Perfetti is going to get enough ice time, or is he going to be in Winnipeg? Or he's going to be in Winnipeg. But would you think? Do you think Cole Perfetti is going to get enough an opportunity this year to get on this list? Uh, to start, yes, because what Rick Bonus has decided, uh, because. We, Cole Perfetti clearly like of a smaller variety of player. He's put him with Blake Wheeler and and Pierre Luc Dubois based on the fact that you want some size to protect him. Two big bodies that can get him the puck and by you know if Cole Perfetti was a very good playmaker as well, is uh, good at finding two big bodies like that. There's there's some success. So if he stay well, the more than likely he's going to stay in the top six. So I think the opportunity is there. But I I don't I don't argue with any of your candidates, Dino. Like it's just. There's some great players in the league. And seeing William Eklund earlier last year mm-hmm. in San Jose, 
Yeah, he he's 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 pretty special. So I could see why you have like Owen Power is like the obvious choice in some ways. It's like, yeah. I, I get why you drop him, but I've seen a little bit of William Eklund could see why you would put him and rank him so high because he he again he's a special player and Kent Johnson need need we say more another special player from the University of Michigan. So it's just. Um, those are, those are three very, but I would slide because of my bias, my recency bias and how the guy I see every day, I would slide Cole Perfetti in number three there in cold Calder candidates. Yeah. Just because be the fun. opportunity is being given early. Oh, and, and, and that, th- that's what we want. That's what you just don't want these give this debt, like easy people to hand the trophy over to every year. You just want this up and down. I, I want, I want competition for these individual awards because then it just makes it more fun to sell the game. It's all about selling the game. Mm-hmm. So on a Tuesday night when Buffalo's in town and freezing cold Winnipeg in January, I don't even know if that's actually the date. I'm just making that up. But, hey, let, watch Owen Power when he comes to town tonight. That's, that's You know what? That, that's, that's the best way to sell the game. So um, it, it's always tough to get people to come out when it's cold out. But why not watch Owen Power? Oh. San Jose is in town. Let's see this new kid, this whiz kid, William Eklund. Right. That's just the way it is. You have to do it. And the more young stars there are in the league, the better it is for the game. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and, and I, I totally, I think it's uh, not every situation is equal. I mean, Dylan Holloway is not going to no. get the opportunity in Edmonton because there's too many guys ahead of them. So when you're looking at Calder candidates, you have to look at who's going to get the most opportunity. And I, I didn't put Mason McTavish on there because I think, Kent Johnson gets easier matchups in Columbus than than uh, yeah. Tavish is going to get in in a young Anaheim team. So it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, okay, I got to wrap up with this uh, big weekend yeah. in Winnipeg. Uh, big statue unveiling of um, you know for for my generation, he was the man, Dale Howard Chuck. Uh, I am guessing it was a pretty emotional time in Winnipeg to unveil that statue. Yeah, it was, and you know Scott Arneal was a teammate of Dale's. Um, now uh, Scott O'Neill is an associate coach for the Winnipeg Jets. Like he was, and Paul Edmonds, my broadcast partner, put it best. He was kind of like the conduit for Dale Howardchuk. Like during the, after Dale had passed, a lot of people went to Scott O'Neill to ask him about it. And we had him on the podcast, which is Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. You can download it anytime you want. I'll throw it on your show here. Um, he said the morning period is over, and now it's like to celebrate. And I, I found that was very profound because yeah, I'm, it's not like they're not sad that he's passed away, but now it's like, this was an opportunity to celebrate what he was. Um, and it's of all the knocks that Winnipeg gets all the time. I don't think, you know, people here know this, but Dale Howard made this his home. He married a Winnipeg girl. Um, he was seen out and about. He was just a, a person of the, a guy of the people. Right. And when I moved here in 17, 18, that's when they're kind of really starting. I was here for the D- Dale Howarchuk being uh, joining the Jets uh, Hall of Fame. You know, I got to talk to him a couple times, and you just realize how humble he is, right? And that's the other part. Uh, you're sitting across the one part of our game, one part of what you and I do, and what our our peers do. The young kids are great to watch, but you and I, growing up watching these guys, that's the best part. Like w- seeing Wayne Gretzky walk by is still, yeah. I still love it. Like you know what I mean? I can't get enough of that. I can't get enough of seeing Tony Esposito. That that you know, I was in Chicago and they had just reunited with all and made all the Stan Makitas and stuff like of the world. Like I'm just there going, oh my god, that guy. My dad loved that guy. So it's just anything that has connection to you and your family watching games growing up. That's the best part about what we do. So the fact that Dale Howarchuk was sitting there talking, I'm like, sure, my parents and I didn't really like him as I grew up as a Calgary Flames fan. Um, 
but you sure you were terrified of him when he was on the ice. Uh, it made for emotional matchups, but it didn't mean you didn't appreciate how good he was. And mm-hmm. all the time, like we just like, if it wasn't for Gretzky and Lemieux, how, where would maybe Dale Howard gets talked out about a little bit more? That's that, that simple. And, and we found out that, there's a photo of Gretzky and Dale Howarchuk at Rogers Place in Edmonton. It's the only photo of a non-oiler in the building, apparently. I think it's in the dressing room, is wow. what I was told. So I think Mark Chipman brought that up um, during the ceremony on, on Saturday. So I find that fascinating. And remember, like, when they decided to do the alumni game, Dale Howarchuk, you know, like, Wayne Gretzky made sure that Dale Howarchuk was taking part of it. So it's just – it's – the coolest thing. And then the, the face off the photos of Gretzky and during the heritage classic, like, come on, that was the game between Montreal and Edmonton was special because in Edmonton it was the first outdoor game, but this was Winnipeg and Edmonton. And those two had battled so hard in the playoffs in the eighties. So that I, to me, that was one of the best alumni games, like Timo Solani. It goes, I can go down the list of all the great players around the ice. So I don't have to, we don't have to talk to Edmonton people about, who the Oilers were and stuff like that. But, and Paul Coffey was here and yeah. he talked about how much he appreciated playing with them. It's just, it's, it's nuts. It is nuts. When these things come up, you start to appreciate you. Not that I didn't, you appreciate the game more yeah. because of how special it is to the great players still to this day when they talk about those times. This is one of my most cherished uh, artifacts. It's a Dale Howarchuk uh, autograph. Um, and you can actually tell it's Dale Howarchuk's handwriting. You, you I mean, can read I mean, it's the same, it, yeah. yeah. You can yeah. actually read like the, Dale Howarchuk's name. The 10 helps. The 10 helps. Yeah, and the and 10 you didn't tell me yeah. it was Dale Howarchuk's autograph. <laughs> but, um, it, it, of course, it's cherished because this – another thing living here, buddy, like, again, you let, I was in Calgary growing up outside in Cochrane. I, I didn't like the Jets, but living here, I realized how important they were and yeah, how hard it was right. for everybody when they left. So now that you've they've brought 1.0 and 2.0 together – you appreciate them even more. And Dale Howarchuk was special. And from the more stories I hear about him, another cool story before I go, Dino, I don't want to take up all your time, is that uh, Mark Chipman and Craig Heisinger, who was the assistant general manager of, of the Jets, they phoned Dale right before he had passed away to let him know that they were building a statue in his honor outside of the building. And, you know, Dale got emotional and, you know, everybody was emotional. And, you know, those just, those cool moments, and I'm so glad and thrilled, and I know they are, but they were able to tell Dale before he passed away that this was happening because uh, it, how much he means to Winnipeg and how much mm-hmm. Winnipeg meant to him. So it was, it was a great weekend. It's too bad it wasn't a regular season game, but the timing was perfect for the family yeah. and everything. So that's how it worked out. So, but uh, it, it was special. It was a special night. Now everybody that comes to a regular season game will get to walk past that uh, glorious statue and and realize how I expect you to take a photo in front of that, buddy. When you get into Winnipeg, I want to see the photo of you and Trish in front of that. I'll take can't, it. Can't wait. I can't wait for that, my man. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the Monday nighter. Who do you like, uh, 49ers, Rams? Uh, I'll go with the Rams, but I don't think it's going to be – I think it's going to be ugly. Just I just don't think the scoring is going to be very good. But yeah. we'll watch it anyways because we love football. We do. Thanks as always, my man. We'll talk soon. Okay, buddy. Take okay. care. There's Jamie Thomas from Jets. Radio, uh, and of course, he's the executive director of our Twitch channel. Um, Dale Howarchuk, like, listen, I'm going to be really Manitoban here, but Dale Howarchuk is one of the most important athletes to have played in Winnipeg. That's it. That's simple. That's it. You know, in Manitoba. Not the biggest province. I know that. 
He's not from there, but he had a major impact. And uh, great to see that statue in Winnipeg and his legacy being celebrated.